This very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore is brought to you by our generous listener supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you appreciate what we do and would like to join them, go to dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Patreon. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome and thank you for joining us for this very special second bonus call-in episode where we talk to you, the listeners, who give a shit enough to call in and talk to us. <laughs> I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, the lovely lady who's here every time, beautiful co-host, Brittany Page. It is nice that people call. It is nice that people call. Yeah, we don't just have to sit here and, oh, boo. <laughs> That would be a bummer. It would if not we just make for a here. good Colin show. <laughs> no. Very. Poor We'd have to name it something quality. else. Yeah, the sit around and mindfulness feel sad. challenge. <laughs> that could work. That could work. So anyway, we're gonna see how this goes. If if this becomes a, a thing that is working out, we enjoy doing it because it's nice to live in real time interact with audience members. Talk to them about whatever's on their mind and uh, talk about important issues. Truly, in real time, moving the conversation forward like we like to talk about. So let's just jump into this, see where it goes, work out the tech until next time or for next time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. You are on with Brittany and Jesse. Where where are you from, and what is your name? Hi, this is uh, Becca's dad, or at least that's the nomicker which I donated. Oh yeah, and I'm from Georgia. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. Hi. How are you, Becca's dad? I'm great. I want to give you like, a little backstory on who I am and why I donated and why I'm listening and why I think what you guys are doing is important. First of all, it's great to be able to. Uh, take part in an actual conversation as we move the conversation <laughs> forward. And uh, I, my daughter started listening to your program, and she turned me on to you guys, and you guys then played one of her voicemails. Um, she called in about um, rape culture several months back, and uh, I was proud of the way she represented herself, and I was proud of the way that she presented her thoughts and ideas, and and I think it's important that you guys are providing that platform for someone like her. She's a very young person who's stepping into her adult life and, and stepping into activism. And I grew up much like the two of you. I was a recovering Catholic for many years. My parents were very backward thinking. And, you know, your typical Trump voters is essentially the household I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I, I recovered from all of that, thankfully, um, not because of schooling or anything like that, just living life and experiencing and being open to experiencing things, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, I know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> can you guys hear me? Uh, am I breaking up? No, we, we can hear you fine. Are you not hearing us well? Okay, great. You guys sound like aliens to me, but nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to talk a little bit about 
atheism because I am, like I said, recovering Catholic. And I, um, I was an angry atheist when I first learned sort of the idea that there was no God because I felt like the lie, first of all. And secondly, like I was never offered any other option until I explored for myself eventually. And then also the idea of like, I, I'm not allowed to express my views as an atheist in public as much as people are Christianity. Like I look at license plates and it's in God we trust and money and the separation of church and state and that line being blurred, like all of that really mounted on me and I got really angry. Yeah, I I, uh, I went through the train, same transition. I talk about it as kind of the stages of grief, and I certainly did go through a time where that kind of stuff really bothered me. And the problem yeah. is, I might not be as bothered by it anymore, or my my frustration doesn't manifest in the same way. But it's still just as unjust. That you're I agree. S- someone else, their their uh, mystical, unprovable beliefs are being validated by force of the government. But you, there's so much shame in our society. You can't even say with a full-throated confidence that, I, you know, I don't believe in God be- for fear of the, the shame and the retribution. Well, even that simple phrase is considered like inherently hateful. Yeah. Right? Exactly. You're automatically pegged as this hateful, angry person, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, good. Listen, man, we, we uh, one, we very much appreciate your contribution to the program, but also we love hearing the origin stories of how people came to find the show, and uh, I don't remember the specific call of your daughter. I'm assuming that's Becca. <laughs> yes, it is. But... Uh, I hope that we adequately answered or respectfully answered because I'm not a giant uh, rape culture buy-in. I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. And that was part of what she said. Um, she felt like maybe you didn't exactly get her point, but she felt like you were fair in your commentary. Yeah, so, well, I, there you go. I try, I try. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> and right by the on. way, uh, you're both the best part because it takes, every part of a machine to make the machine so that is we appreciate that very scientific (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks guys have a good one enjoy thanks for calling and we appreciate it yep keep moving the conversation forward thank you well that was very nice yeah i I, i'm always excited when we get in contact with new people like on the patreon call uh, we have, you know, kind of the dedicated crew that always shows up. Mm-hmm. And then every call now, we're starting to get new people who, who show up on board on the call and we get to talk to them. Yeah. And, and we ask them two questions. One is, when did you find the show? What brought you to us? And what has kept you around? And uh, we got to find out. Yep. I also like when other people turn other people onto the show. Yeah. I think that's probably rare in terms of the most typical answers that we hear but it's always my favorite because i like to hear how people are linked together right For sure. and recognize different people that contribute to the show and all that good stuff very very good all right
You're you're on with Brittany and Jesse. Uh, who is this, and where are you from? Holy shit! I got through. <laughs> okay, this is <laughs> sorry. This is Ethan in New York. Ah, Ethan, my Hi, Ethan. good buddy, Ethan. Oh boy, you almost sounded like you regretted having me call. No, now. not at all, man. Uh, I don't. Um, that was not my intent at all. In fact, when we when we addressed your 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 first call the the um, the emotional call you know the fired up call i was uh i was on board with you i wasn't disagreeing with you i was just saying that uh but i i got what you're saying you know i wasn't it wasn't like an attack that i was getting that i was putting on towards you guys or anything like that no no not at all i didn't you know, take I mean, it that of way of course oh go ahead no no i was just saying i didn't take it that way not at all all right you know i was just saying you know that with that whole thing I don't expect. I, I, I was expecting you to disagree, not either disagree or not totally agree, or just not see things from my perspective because you you literally can't. That's right. You know, what I mean, so yeah, you know, so I, I wasn't expecting you to fully one hundred percent. I mean, I'm a realist. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna anybody dumb. And I'm not that dumb. I'm a little <laughs> slow, but I ain't that dumb. You know, there's no way that you can really see it from my side because, you know, we come from two completely different worlds in the same country. Right. You know, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. And that's you know, but, that's what I tried to convey to you, Ethan, on the call and to everybody is that all I can do is try to make a stab at empathy. And, you know, this last year when I was doing some of those videos addressing the, the police shootings and the brutality and some of the dumb shit that Tommy Laren has said, I... I, I never listen. I never claimed. Oh, don't even get me started on her. <laughs> I never claimed to be some spokesman for black folks. That that would be fucking arrogant and ridiculous. What I claim to be is in those videos. I'm not talking to black folks. I would be preaching to the choir. I'm talking to to, to white people who not who not who aren't fucking awake yet about the issue. So I'm not a spokesman for your for yeah. you. I'm just. I want to be an ally. Yeah, and that was you know, that was the reason why I got so much respect for you and your show because, honestly, like from an honest, like authentic, truly authentic, genuinely, there's not a lot of white people that's going to even try that, you know, mm. because you know you're going to face a lot of backlash from your community, you know, and well, let me tell you this: I'm going to face a lot of backlash. White people who are going to attack me for sticking mm -hmm. up for black people—they're not my fucking community. That's no way. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who doesn't have we, the empathy. We pretty much, my community. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, my community, yeah, we're dealing, we have, that's a cancer in our community, too. We got that in our in our parts that pretty much will throw our entire community right up under the bus just to score favor with white people. You know, so we, we really, we really have that problem in our community, too. Yeah. Listen, we appreciated your perspective very much, and, um... I'm glad that you felt comfortable um, communicating, even in the way that you did. A lot of people were like, oh, Jesus, that guy was pissed off. And I'm, you know, if I went through the same shit that you've gone through and that, that historically blacks have gone through, I would be fucking enraged and out of my mind angry all the time. So I, as much as I can, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I was recording that call, honestly, I was I was literally crying when I was recording that call because of that little girl. Yeah, you know, so that was all that 
that was just spilling out. You know, it was just all spilling out. But um, what's, what, are y'all on like a specific topic today or something? No, we just started doing these like call-in episodes. And we just, oh. just as a matter of a bonus episode for the podcast to be able to actually touch base with listeners who want to call in and have an actual conversation. All right. Well, can I um, put something out there for y'all to pretty much stew on for a little bit? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, you do realize Donald Trump has a 100% approval rating, right? <laughs> uh, amongst... No, I mean, really, think of... Amongst Trumps, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. think about it. Like, exactly. Like, you know, for anybody else who's sucking their thing, oh, no, the hell he does. You know, just think about it. If you love a daycare center, you are, you know, and you have anybody coming to the daycare center, 10 parents, 10 children, you got all toys spread out. The children go crazy. They absolutely love the place. The parents are pissed off because they have any books on, I don't know, the Bible or whatever in there. And you find yourself with a 50% approval rating, you know, but your target audience, you're in a daycare center. You don't give a damn what the parents got to say. You be all about making them kids happy. That is pretty much Donald Trump's whole world in a nutshell right now. Right. He has a 100% approval rating. He's not caring what anybody else has to say. That's why he only goes to... That's another thing. I'm so, I'm not, I don't mean to be long-winded, long-winded, but that's another thing. My last... Um, smell that I left. I don't know if you got it or not. If y'all really dig into Donald Trump's cabinet, every single thing he does comes from Fox News. Like the people on his staff are Fox News employees, are Fox News contributors. They all got checks from Fox News. All, almost all of them. Linda McMahon is from WWE. I'm ashamed to say that. And you know, WWE has been losing viewers because the program has become so conservative rap, if you want to call it that. So a lot of people is upset with that. So the ratings are going down because it's not edgy anymore. You know, and Donald Trump, basically, all of his catchphrases, forgotten man, that was a Sean Hannity talking point. He right. used to always say that, then all of a sudden, Donald Trump picks it up. The mainstream media, that was Sarah Palin. You know, everything this guy does is through Fox News. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so before anybody jumps and says that he's not, you know, like, where is he getting this? Tune in the front. Everybody needs to watch Fox News, not because you want to give them ratings, but honestly, if you want to know where the bullshit is, watch Fox News, like, for a week. You will see everything explained right there. Yeah, he, he does a lot of retweeting and also promoting their programming, so he is definitely a Fox News guy. Yeah. This dude lives on Fox News. I mean, everything he does, everything he says, everything is with Fox News. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take up. No, right on, man. Listen, we appreciate you calling, and uh, we welcome you. Next time we're having one of these, call in, and uh, let's uh, let's talk. You sure you want me to? I mean, <laughs> I'll be more than happy to, but I don't want to, like, you know, wear out my welcome. No, no. We appreciate you listening. Please keep doing what y'all are doing. All right. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Ethan. Well, that was good. It was nice to touch base with Ethan and, you know, make sure that, you know, a lot of times when you talk like we do, um, wires can get crossed. You yeah, know? I was letting you guys work out your <laughs> your issues. Our beef that didn't exist. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Working through it. <laughs> All right. Another call. You are on with Jesse and Brittany. What is your name and where are you from? Hi, how are you doing? My name is Becky, and I am from Kansas City, Missouri. Becky, what can we do for you today? 
Um, I was actually hoping to discuss uh, with you guys, um, say, how little we're finding out people know what's going on about, like, or actually know about international affairs in general. Um, they are like international relations and um, like what the U.S. has actually historically done in the world. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. I think, well, let me say this. I think that our our education system and the, the America first kind of American exceptionalism um, philosophy has led people to be lazy about their understanding of history. A lot of people you talk to think that we we rushed in and saved the day during World War II, and the goddamn war was almost won when we got involved. So it was we weren't the heroes. We certainly helped, but we were not the heroes that you grow up thinking we were. It seems like it isn't just history, though. There's deficits in so many other areas, like geography, right? Uh, that New York Times article came out and asked... Roughly 2,000 people, I think, to try to identify where North Korea was. Right. And some people thought it was like Australia uh, or like in the middle of the ocean where there wasn't even a country. Uh, so th- th- these things are problematic. And then they relate it to people have like stronger opinions about whether we should intervene in situations when yeah. they are less familiar with what's going on. And that's problematic. What, what's your take, Becky? Um, I mean, say like I say I went into college, you know, as international relations, and even though I chose not to take that path, um, saying I, you know, I'm say I'm a huge nerd. Um, I've always had an international group of friends, and it really just horrifies me having to, like, and I mean, and I ended up uh, say in you know studying a lot of geography, um, but I don't think people realize like how close we are to like say even like. The, a lot of the governments that we've had or historically had in, like, Africa, like in African countries, um, yeah, it, it, and it, it, it makes me so mad watching the Tommy, Lohr, uh, like, Laren videos or whatever. Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff, I'm like, oh, my God, you, you do not realize that we actually created this problem. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, I, listen, I just want to throw a book at her to play. Maybe she'll read it or something to, to play <laughs> devil's advocate a little bit about it. And this is going to sound a little arrogant, but for a, for a large part, it's true. We don't really have it's an arrogant thing. It's, it's not the way it should be, but we don't really have the, the necessity to pay attention to the politics of, let's say, Sweden. You mean as Americans, as, oh. as Americans, because. Sweden can do whatever the fuck they want, and it's not really going to have an impact on the behemoth that we are as the United States. However, one little policy change in the United States can reverberate across the Atlantic and, and cause problems for their economy. So a lot of people in Europe and around the world really pay attention to what we do because it's going to affect their everyday lives. Oh Yeah, it was interesting during the elections. Um, say all my international friends, just how invested they were, more so than most Americans I knew in what was going to happen because it affected their economy so much. And and I really think it's interesting because um, I grew up in Independence Valley, which is where Harry, you know, hometown of Truman's hometown. Right. And the um, say so of course you know we ended up 
talk, you know, that ends up coming up quite a bit. Um, but especially like dropping the bomb, um, say to in, you know, say in Japan, um, say how so many people like view it versus even how Truman himself viewed it, like, and how he never really came to terms with it. Um, or, and, you know, he made sure that the, to separate the, um, say the power of, you know, like the atomic, uh, atomic power. Yeah, sure. You know, he gave basically the civilian side one and he gave the military side the other, partly because he was never given the full picture of what was going on when he okayed it. Um, but yeah, say it's, it's, it's quite interesting, um, when people just don't realize that I'm like, we, we, we created the problem. Like that this is us, like the Syrian, like, you know, like with the Syrian refugees, I'm like, uh, we, we've dropped a lot of bombs in these areas. Yeah, for this sure. This is where radicalization is coming from. And my, you know, my best friend from high school lives in Berlin and, um, she was, she was saying, she was, yeah, the Syrian, like she was, I lived down the street from a refugee camp. The Syrians, like, are the ones that are making the delicious little food, like, you know, and the vendors, she goes, it's the neo-Nazis that are marching right now that terrify me. <laughs> you know? I, 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 I do not blame her one bit. <laughs> I mean, and it's true. It's, it's just, I mean, isn't how people are like, oh, you know, these people aren't vetted. I'm like, but they are. First of all, you need to learn they are. And second of all, we can't just go in and bomb all these places that you want to bomb and then not take the, you know, the cow, essentially the casualties of these wars. That's right. And it, it just, it just drives me nuts when people don't realize how much we've meddled in so many other countries outcomes, let's say, and how many times we've, you know, helped to overthrow democratically elected leaders. We are, we are certainly not without <laughs> flaw. Absolutely not. Listen, Becky, thank you for calling. We appreciate your, your perspective and uh, taking time to participate. That's awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, I, Becky. I enjoy listening to you every, all the time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'll tell you this. We have a pretty smart listener base. Yeah, passionate. Well, also, you know, people who are actually paying attention to international relations at all, on any level at all, is a good thing. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of podcasts can claim to have an astute, you know, acutely aware type of audience who even pays a fucking attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I think it depends on the... I think it depends. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I think that a lot of audiences uh, are intelligent. Nope, just ours. Okay. <laughs> you win. Uh, I love winning. Well, here we go. You're on with Jesse and Brittany. Where, what is your name and where are you calling from? Um, my name is Frank from Iowa. Frank. I've been listening to you guys for about eight months now. Oh, nice. How's it going, Frank? Good. Good. Just, I was listening to 319 yesterday and when you guys were talking about the religious freedom crap that's going on. And with my wife being from Mississippi, we were worried about that because we're an interracial couple, and we read their bill, and it would have let people 
um, discriminate against us. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I grew up in a major city. She grew up in the country, and it's like seeing what's going on with the world with the jackass in the White House and everything else. It's scary. Have you had um, negative experiences in public? Um, not here. Yeah. Not in Iowa, because we, we live in an area that's mostly, it's di- very diverse. Yeah. A lot. And the sad thing is, my wife is a traveling CNA, and we've been in West Bumblefuck, Wyoming, where she was one of seven African Americans in the whole town, and nobody looked at us sideways. Yeah. Yet we could go back to where she's from and got all kinds of dirty looks. Yeah, I had uh, a friend, a female friend when I was in the Marine Corps who was black, and we were the best of friends. And it was in North Carolina, and I, you know, I was just this dumb white kid from Idaho, and it didn't, it didn't make any difference to me that that uh, she was black, and that you know, I didn't even think about it. But I was always reminded. I was always reminded that it was not acceptable when we would go out in public mm-hmm. and get stares. People would would stare at us very. Both blacks and whites would stare at us very disapprovingly. Yeah, and- and it's like, I grew up basically around the, the area that the riots happened in Baltimore after Freddie Gray. So I was a dot on the streets when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like, I don't know, it just, and the, just the climate in America now, like I've lost contact with family members because... I'm an independent, and like you, Jesse, I was going for Bernie at first, and then when he didn't get the nomination, I went with the lesser of two evils of Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. I, <laughs> I <laughs> Listen, uh, relative to the, to the, the interracial relationship and the, the problems that some of these, these – religious freedom uh, bills and things that are coming through right now and religious freedom restoration acts like in Indiana that Mike Pence tried to put through. Um, yeah. It's one thing when random people are not coming around and changing their minds about things that don't matter to them or shouldn't matter to them. It's another thing altogether when it's state-sponsored discrimination. And, and that's what these types of bills are. If they affect you and your wife being able to go into uh, a mom and pop bakery and buy a cake and they don't approve because you're with a woman of a different skin color. That's a goddamn problem. Right. And it's like the Mississippi bill goes as far as like your landlord. If they feel like, what was it? If they feel like you're doing something that like having premarital sex, they can stop, they can terminate your lease and evict you. You can get fired from a job if they feel like you're doing something against their yeah. religion. Listen, I, I don't think there should be any moral litmus test in in a by an employer, by a landlord. If you're breaking the law, that's one thing. But if you're not, and it's just their particular warped sense of ethics or morals, then they should just leave you the fuck alone and take your money like they do everyone else's. Exactly, and like 
like I'm I was raised a strict Roman Catholic being of Italian background, so I don't even hold those views. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Yeah, we hear you. I don't I don't see how anybody can call themselves Christians and discriminate. Yeah. We we definitely agree there uh, wholeheartedly. But uh, listen, thanks for calling in. We appreciate you participating. Uh, we're definitely going to do this again because it seems to to be resonating. So thank you. Yeah, and uh, tell I would have called in the first one, but we're, we're going to start being okay. we're going to start being better at uh, announcing them. So thanks for calling in, Frank. We appreciate okay. you. Tell your wife hi from no us. No problem. Thanks, Frank. Bye. I cannot imagine being in a situation where you feel at risk of being discriminated against all the time just based on who you've married. Right. Well, and this is interesting because people try to say, well, it's just going to be the gay cakes and this isn't going to turn into right. a race thing right. because, well, we believe it's about choice. Right? Well, we, we also know that these, uh, these, these attitudes are still very prevalent in the South. It, it's, it's not too far away of a reality that it wouldn't be the case happening in Mississippi, you know, just a bummer. So what I mean by the choice thing is that people believe, well, we should be able to discriminate against gay people because they're choosing to be gay. But this oh, one, right. but this won't happen to black people because black people can't choose to be black. And I mean, that's a ridiculous assertion. But you do choose who you marry. Right. So yeah. there is some element of choice there. That's a good argument against them <laughs> but i i think that this this argument is typically delivered in terms of denying just a single black person from being served in a restaurant or something like that um not necessarily racial interracial couples all right hello you're on with jesse and Brittany. what is your name and from where are you calling this is Cindy from Orange County. I didn't think I was going to get through. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. How are you? I doing great. I just found out there were new episodes of iZombie. So I was pretty excited about that. Nice. I don't know what that is, but if you're happy, we're happy. <laughs> so what, it is a delightful show. <laughs> what is on your mind tonight? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, relaxation, trying to pretend that things aren't happening, but how's that working this out? This is real life. <laughs> is it going well? It's difficult. Yeah. 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 It's not so bad. I mean, I'm not drinking tonight, so that's, that's <laughs> probably good. <laughs> so you're having to face reality on reality's terms. That's right. <laughs> and and it's good to to go to bed at 10 p.m. and get up at 5. And this is the person I've turned into. It's, yeah, we are. It's crazy. We're, we're with you on the dealing with bullshit. We're, we're reading right now that The Hill is reporting that Donald Trump actually did know about the, this email and the meetings. His lawyers. His lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. So... Wow. Things are going downhill very quick wow. for Mr. Trump. 
So what do you think? I mean, are we going to start hearing about impeachment hearings or movement? Well, well, Democrats today or yesterday actually did file articles of impeachment. I think it's a little early for that. They need to get more of a consensus with at least a few Republicans because Mm -hmm. unilaterally the Democrats aren't going to be able to get it done on their own. Um, I think that's why we haven't been hearing about it Um, (laughs) because you'd think that would be a big deal. Mm -hmm. Wow. If someone formally introduced articles of impeachment, wow, why isn't this being reported? Well, it's just one guy, Brad Sherman. It's an an exercise in futility. Well, I guess it's such a a lengthy process that I don't know if you have a good sense that this is going to be the way it goes down. Is it too soon to start? Yeah. It's just so terrifying. This is real life. This is Yeah. Wow. And well, it, it, well it, I love at least this call-in thing. I wish I would have like had an idea. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start doing a little bit more on the reg and uh announcing it a little earlier so people can have something prepared and and uh and get their night situated Very around cool. calling into the show. <laughs> Well, it's such a fun time, yeah. and it's great to hear your voices. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Cindy. Yeah. Have a good night. Good luck with the rest of the show. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. Well, that's uh, like bringing a little, little positivity, a little hope into someone's life who was feeling a little shitty. I... Or it seems that way, because I-, I can relate, because I go through periods my Thomas Jefferson periods where they're my dark times. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think she sounded pretty giggly still, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> sound, sounds like she's doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I, it, it's tough to stay upbeat. It is. Goddamn. You're on with Jesse and Brittany. Who are you, and where are you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ben from L.A. Ben from L.A.? Are you inside of a... Of a I'm in a, my car. A charging <laughs> locomotive? I'm not inside of a bum's asshole. <laughs> I'm for sure not inside of a bum's asshole. I'm inside of my car. What is on your mind, sir? Uh, well, I'm actually, um, I'm actually driving down to San Diego for San Diego Pride right now. And uh, it kind of had me thinking about the talk you guys had uh, about the Supreme Court case coming up mm-hmm. with the uh, cake maker, or whatever, faux artist who's uh, not selling to gays for some reason. The artiste. Um, the artiste. It was. What's that? The, the super artist. Yeah, the artiste. <laughs> yeah. The. the the uh, confectionaire artist. Um, but the, the one thing that really has that is, I guess, concerning to me is that really I haven't heard much about it outside of doing my own kind of investigation or research into what's going on with the case versus, and you guys, obviously. Um, and so my kind of thinking on it and the question I wanted to pose to you guys is do you think people kind of care less about this case since the Obergefell decision? People are kind of like, oh, well they can get married now, so 
Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that's part of it. Um, however, yeah, you know, I think that's probably what it is. I think a lot of people also just feel like it's going to be ruled on the correct way because the law is so straightforward relative to, to public accommodation and so many other aspects. Now, like, like Drew, our lawyer friend who was on the show the other day, like he was saying that this doesn't, this isn't going to make this ruling national. This is only a statewide thing that deals with a very limited scope of the law of this particular legislation in Colorado. So because it's not a nationwide effect, I think a lot of people aren't, uh, aren't really paying attention as closely as they probably should. Yeah. Well, it, it, for me, I think it strikes a chord of the almost, I don't know, like faux activism that I see kind of on a daily basis through social media and Facebook where people, you know, they want to they wanna share about something that necessarily outrages them or what have you, but it doesn't go much beyond that. Yeah. Uh, and it almost, it almost seems like there's kind of this just jumping from thing to speak out about to the next thing to speak out about to the next thing to speak out about, and no real push for kind of real activism for this particular thing. And I think I, I think it's really pervasive in the LGBT LGBT community where there's just a lot of this kind of surface level activism and nobody getting out there as much as they used to and really saying like look no we need to make uh lgbt people a protected class like that needs to be something that we're truly fighting for and we're out there every day for absolutely kind of just this oh when it's convenient for me to say something so you're saying you're saying that this this colorado cake case is uh the gay community's coney 2012 is that what you're saying (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I've literally, I've literally never, I've not heard any people, like, boast or, you know, any chatter about this amongst people that are in the gay community. Like, no, everyone's just kind of doing their own thing for Pride Month or, you know, celebrating Pride, whatever, that's cool, but there's, you know, it used to be Pride wasn't about just going out and, you know, having fun, it was about you know, marching for rights, marching for the ability to exist in the world. I almost wonder if people are becoming desensitized to this issue almost where, you know, this has been going on for a while. And I think maybe the first time it happened, then a lot of people were up in arms over it. Right. But now that we have kind of experienced it for a few years and whatever, it's, it's less of an issue. Maybe people have like let everyone in their, Facebook friends list know where they stand on it and yeah, yeah. and maybe it's not as relevant. I don't know. What do you think? That ben? could be it. Yeah. Uh, I think that is definitely a part of it. It just also seems to me that people don't want to put in the effort maybe anymore. It's like, oh, I, I shared my um, I shared my bit on Facebook. That's my that's my sense of activism. And I know, like, there, there is a sense of activism there, um, but I, I also, like, not to go kind of far off, but I also think that that gets limited when people start 
existing in these echo chambers that exist on social media. Yeah. That well, that's certainly a problem. That's a problem in and of itself. But that that's a, a topic for another call-in show, Ben. That is. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Enjoy San Diego Pride this weekend, and we we hope you have a good time. Have fun and be safe. I will. I'll go see in Vogue and and free your mind. For Brittany. And free your mind. Free your mind. And the rest will follow. <laughs> da, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'll take lots. I'll take lots of videos. All right. Bye bye. All right. You good? You guys have a good night. Bye. That's an interesting um, question. Is he sure he wasn't in a bum's asshole? I don't know. That is a that was a shitty shitty connection. <laughs> he was on the first cell phone ever invented. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Are you sure you're not riding down to San Diego on a motorcycle while you call us? Because that was fucking tremendously terrible. It was quite loud. It is an interesting question, though, about people in the gay community. You know, like they they expended all their energy on Obergefell. And maybe this one just isn't really scratching that itch or something. I mean, I'm not connected as closely to the LGBT community as I, we probably should be. I probably should be. Well, I Can't also, you. I didn't hear about this case until a listener sent an, an email with hmm. the view link. Oh, right, right. When, yeah. when did you hear about it? Um, I heard about it about a week before, and it was some random article. Yeah, I'm, but it hasn't been as prevalent. No, not right? at all. For, certainly, and I, been think, I think maybe it was raw story. I don't know. I think that when it's happened before... It was all over the news. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if it's just this time passing. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that we're in Pride Month. It's a month, right? I am not sure. Pride period. And uh, you would think it would be even more talked about and prevalent to be, like Ben saying, to be an activist about the issue. Yeah. Kind of weird. Interesting. I wonder. All right. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. There were some technical issues in there, and I, d I got it figured out in the middle of the last call, and it was the input thing. But all of that's worked out. So I think over the course of the last two episodes, we worked out all of the bugs that we needed to to move forward doing these super effectively. And have a perfect one next time. <laughs> this was pretty good, though. I think we, we, we covered a lot of ground, a lot of different topics. You know, Ben called in from the bum's asshole, and uh, we worked everything out with Ethan, Becca's mm -hmm. dad, mm -hmm. Becky. Yep. Good times. All right. Well, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Listen, if you like this kind of content and you appreciate what we do here, we would love for you to join our Patreon and PayPal family. Go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's a link that says support the show. And there you can find a way to join those on Patreon and PayPal supporting our creating this type of content. So, until we do the next call, until the next show, until the next bonus episode, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.